Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, Everything got its purpose in him and finds its purpose in him. Or everything was created or started in him and finds its purpose in him. That's been our theme for this entire series. And today we're going to jump into the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Man, I, we're way behind time, but we're on Jesus time. Amen? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. And it says, I mean that you have been saved by grace because you believed. You did not save yourself. It was a gift of God. You are not saved by the things you have done. So there is nothing to boast about. God has made us what we are. I love that. God has made us what we are in Christ Jesus God made us a new people so that we would spend our lives doing the good things he already planned for us. How many of us want to do the good things that God has planned for your life? If you, if you want to do the good things that God has planned for your life, give him some praise in this house. And so the Apostle Paul continues now in Ephesians chapter 4, and he says this. He says, our goal is to become like a full-grown man to look just like Christ and have all his perfection our goal is to become someone shout become like a full-grown man to look just like Christ and have all his perfection and so the last couple of weeks what we've discussed is that our purpose begins with God we were created with God or from God or by God for God. Amen? We also understand that the absence of purpose uh, includes the uh, abuse is always present. When purpose is absent, abuse is always present. And we were created by God for God. And last week we also outlined that God has a specific will for our lives. But before we could ever live out God's specific will for our lives, we first must learn how to live in God's standard will for our lives. And we covered seven things that the Bible outlines as this is the will of God. Today's title is More Like Jesus. I want you to look at the person next to you. Tell them more like Jesus. Tell them today, you look a little more like Jesus. Amen. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Because in these precious moments, within the next 35 minutes, oh God, you are going to speak to your church. And Father, I pray that we may begin this journey to become more like you. That we may understand fully of who you've called us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we love you, Lord. Amen and amen. One more time, Kuhak, can we give God some praise in this house? Woo! Um. Thank you so much. I'm good. Thank you so much, my brother. Let's give it up for our keyboard player. Rocked it. Um, 
So I don't know about you, but I, I, many of you guys already know that I was raised in a home, a Hispanic home, where uh, there was a lot of violence. Uh, predominantly, it was wrestling. Someone shout wrestling. Or wrestling, right? And uh, for me, we didn't have electronics. We didn't have those things. What we had was four brothers sharing one room. And in that one room, what we did was beat the living daylights out of each other. And that was called fun. He's going to be okay. All right, he, he got a slit eye, but he's going to be okay. All right? And so my brothers and I, what we did is that we pretended to be wrestlers. All we wanted to do in life was be wrestlers. Now, we took this to a whole nother level. To this day, I have severe back issues because of our wrestling days. My brother, my younger brother, who is now two times the size that I am, was my guinea pig, and I would powerbomb him every single time. And one time we had this bright idea that we were going to create a ring in my yard. And so what we did is, you know what we did? We grabbed four extra mattresses, we took them outside, and we placed them on these cabinets that my father found, and we jumped on the roof. And guess what these pudgy little boys thought they can do? They thought they can fly. That's what we thought we could do. And so we got on the roof, and I literally power-bombed my brother from the roof to the ring. And I was the champion of the world. And I became heavyweight champion that day. Now, we loved wrestling so much, the only person I ever wanted to be with, you guys ready for this, is this man right here. Brett the Hitman Hart. Why? Because he's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. He's the, excell he's the uh, excellence of execution. This is Brett the Hitman this is who I wanted to be. I, I wanted to be like this, this guy. I wanted to put the sharpshooter even on my mother. Like, I wanted to be like Brett the Hitman Hart. I know it wasn't very Christian, but I wanted to be like Brett the Hitman Hart. So much so, I literally had almost like a shrine of Brett the Hitman Hart on my wall. On my wall, I had every single action figure of Brett the Hitman Hart, even a doll that would talk to me, and eventually I got rid of it because at night it would tell me, I'm the excellence of execution. And I was like, I'm scared of you. I'm throwing you out. You're demonically possessed. And then there was the saddest day of my life when, 1997, when that happened. That was absolutely... Be careful, guys, because there are some people in our audience that still think that wrestling is real. And I just want to let you know... That Santa Claus doesn't exist. Anyhow, this, and some of you guys were in cahoots with Shawn Michaels when this happened. And you know what? Security right now. You guys good. This was the saddest day on earth when my idol fell into a conspiracy and he, let's just say he was screwed over. And when this happened, someone else took the stage. And I don't know if you guys know this guy. The Rock. What is this? Some of us get more excited about The Rock than we do Jesus. Father, right now. 
This was The Rock. This was The Rock says every time his theme music came out. This is, I don't know if you guys remember your childhood, but this is who I wanted to be like when I was growing up. I'm still, I'm 34 years old and I still want to be like The Rock. I'm looking at him. I'm like, you're just so handsome. Baby, don't get jealous. Uh, this is The Rock. This is who I wanted to be like growing up. And I don't know who you wanted to be like growing up, but I think that, you know, some of us, maybe you wanted to become a fireman. Some of us want to become firemen. Someone want to, some of us wanted to marry a fireman, but we're not going to point any elbows or say any names. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, maybe you wanted to be a police officer, or maybe you wanted uh, to be a nurse, or maybe you wanted to be an astronaut. Maybe you wanted to be a physicist. Maybe you wanted to be something in life, and, and when you were uh, born, you, you went to school, and maybe you wanted to be a teacher. You wanted to become something in life, and sometimes we look at our lives today, and we are not what we thought we would become. Can someone shout amen? We're not what we thought we'd become. And here's the beauty of the gospel. That maybe when you were born and you started school and you had aspirations of becoming something, you may have failed at it. But the good news of the gospel is that you can be born again. And when you are born again, we have one hero. And I'm sad to say that it is not the rock. Well, I'm not sad to say that it's not the rock. And it's not Brett the Hitman Heart. It is Jesus Christ Almighty. And he says, listen, you can become like me. The only goal of a believer is to become more like Christ. Say that with me. Say more like Christ. One more time. Say more like Christ. Let me see if we got a call response. More like, more like, there we go. Give yourselves a round of applause. I believe that what the Bible teaches is when it comes to our purpose in life, it's this, that we are to become more and more like Jesus. And I think sometimes that we aspire and desire to become things in our life. And, and I know that maybe you want to become a better husband and you want to become a better spouse or a better wife. And maybe you want to become a better parent. And there's a lot of things that we want to become in life. Maybe you want to become a better employee. Maybe you want to become a better business owner. But I want to let you know i got news for you today that if you become more like Jesus, you know who I wanted to marry? Someone that was more like Jesus. You know who you want? to marry you want to marry someone who wants to be more like Jesus you know who you want to hire in your business is someone who is more like Jesus you know who your parent you know who your children want to parent them is a parent who wants to become more like Jesus come on is there anybody in this place that wants to be more like Jesus give God some praise and Ephesians chapter he says our goal is to become like a full-grown man, and if you're a woman, obviously a full-grown woman, to look just like Christ and have all his perfection. God created me to become like Jesus. He is, the, he is our model of perfection. Our very purpose is to become more like Jesus. The, more, the moment that we gave our life to Jesus, the moment we accepted him into our hearts, from that day forth, we were born again. God gave us a new DNA. God gave us a new spirit. And from then on, we were born again. And now we live this life, this walk, this path of becoming more like Amen. Someone say Christ. 
Jesus Christ is the example of what me, it means to be fully human. The Apostle Paul is saying, listen, our goal is to become a full-grown, like a full-grown man to look just like Jesus. He says, listen, we ought to look like Jesus. We ought to love like Jesus. We ought to be compassionate like Jesus. We ought to be patient like Jesus. We ought to be generous like Jesus. I wonder what it would look like in your 2018 experience in a couple of months when we make our goals and we sign up for the gym or we want to give up certain bad habits. I wonder if we discarded all that and say, you know what? For 2018, I have this one goal and it's to become more like Christ. What would it look like in our lives if we said that we set out this journey to say, you know what, I've spent a lot of years trying to do something that I never, that I always thought that I would accomplish, but I never did. I mean, every single year, am I the only one? I've been on a diet for 15 years. Someone asked me, are you trying to lose some weight? I'm like, yeah, for the last 15 years of my life. And so we, we, we set out on these goals, and, and, and every year we got, a, we, got a new, we got a new theme. Oh, 2008, it's going to be great. 2009, it's mine. 2010, I'm going to make a friend. 2011, oh, it's, I'm going to go to heaven. 2012, I'm never going to rebel. We got all these themes, but what if we said that in 2018, or even before we hit 2018, our goal is to be more like, someone shouted, Christ. This is the heart of every believer. When we look at the scriptures, we see Everywhere in the New Testament, there is this conversation of accepting Jesus Christ in our hearts, but also this journey of not becoming more of ourselves and our selfish nature. You know what? We don't need to learn selfishness. You know what word I never taught my child? Mine. Can someone shout amen? Any parents in the house? It's our selfish nature. And so our goal is to become more like Christ. And so this is why the Apostle Paul writes this down. He says, in Romans chapter 8, look what it says, all these scriptures. I'm just going to jot them down here for you. For from the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him, and all along, he knew he would, and all along he would, should become like his son. So that his son would be the first with many brothers. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, it says, in your lives you must think and act like Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, it says, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Paul is saying, listen, I'm on this journey, and my journey is not to become more of a Pharisee, not to become better at religion, not to become a better preacher. My goal in life is to imitate Jesus. And that means what? If Jesus blessed people, I'm going to bless people. If Jesus forgave people, I'm going to forgive people. If Jesus uh, got spit on, I'm going to get spit on and forgive. Listen, our journey is not necessarily to become a better version of ourselves. Our journey is to become like Christ, and in becoming like Christ, we become a better version of ourselves. And as the Apostle Paul, he says, imitate me as I 
due to Christ. You know why? Because God cares more about who you become than what you do. God cares more about who you are becoming in life more than what it is you do in life. And how often we have allowed the thing we do in life define us and give us value. And so when we do great things, we feel good about ourselves. But when we do bad things, we condemn ourselves. And God is saying it's not about what you do. It's about who you are becoming. The question is, are you becoming more like me? Because you're not going to take your accomplishments to heaven. You're not going to take your accolades to heaven. You're not going to take your resume to heaven. You're not going to take all these things, your possessions, to heaven. You know what you're going to take your he to heaven? Your character. You know what you're going to take to heaven? Yourself. And so here we are on earth, and our goal is to become more and more like Jesus. That's the kind of people God is bringing on this journey. He's saying the moment you give your life to Jesus, you step into this journey to become more and more like him. And so there are five things that God uses to develop to develop us to become more like Christ. Now today, we're not going to get into all five things. And so if you want to experience the fullness of this journey, I want you to get plugged into a community group where we're going to be breaking down the rest of the things. But the five things that God uses to develop us to become more like Christ. These are the things that God uses in our lives so that we can become more like Jesus is truth. Someone shout, shout truth. See, God uses his word. God uses the truth of his word so that you can become more like Jesus. You got to know who you are in Christ. And God does that through preaching. God does that through hearing the word. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? Not hearing your mama, not hearing your daddy. Hearing the word of God. God uses also trouble. Anybody ever been in trouble? Amen. Amen. Only Odin. Anybody else been in trouble? <laughs> God uses trouble in your life to develop your character and make you more like Jesus. God uses trials in your life to make you more like Jesus. God uses temptation in your life to make you more like Jesus. And guess what else God uses? I know it's not cute, but God uses trespasses. He uses offenses in your life. He uses people hurting you and people saying things that maybe offend you. He uses those things so that you can become more like Jesus. This is why I'm able to look at my life and see the things that have happened in my life and sometimes the things that are still happening in my life. And my wife sometimes looks at me and she's like, oh, is this stressing you out? I'm saying, no, I'm becoming more like Jesus. Yes, someone offend me. Yes, someone hurt me. Yes, I was in trouble yes I was going through certain temptations but all that means for my life is that I'm becoming more like Jesus amen let's give God some praise in this house and so the number number one thing I wanted you to write down is truth this is what we're going to be breaking down today truth someone shout truth the truth is that we are to grow in Christ but the reality begins with this truth, that we were created in Christ. And I know that's, well, what is that? What does it mean to be created in Christ? This is the reality. God has made us what we are in 
Christ Jesus, God made us a new people. In Christ Jesus, God made us a new people. I, listen, if you take anything from today's message, it's this one thing, that you have been created in Christ. If we would begin to understand what it means to be created in Christ, it would literally revolutionize our life. I think oftentimes we want to be associated with many things in life, but God wants us to associate us with himself. And so he wants to communicate to God's people that we were created in him. Over 216 times, the Bible says this term, in Christ. Do you know how many times the Bible says the word Christian? Three times. I don't know about you, but if my wife told me something 216 times, I think it would be pretty important. I don't know about you. And so over and over, the Bible is communicating, listen, you have been made in Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is in you and you are in Christ. You are united with Christ. You are with Christ. You are seated with Christ. What is the Apostle Paul trying to communicate? His, he's saying, listen, I need you to begin to associate yourself with Jesus Christ. I need you to begin to identify yourself with Jesus Christ. Oftentimes we identify ourselves with things that are lesser than what, what God is. And so we actually end up demoting ourselves from who God has called us to be because we want to be associated with creation when God wants us to be associated with creator. And the apostle Paul wants to communicate to the listener. He's saying, listen, listen, I need you to get this in your brain. I need you to get this in your heart. You are made in Christ Jesus. This is your identification. Uh, what, you know what the biggest issue with being a Christ follower is that you're identified with being a Christ follower. I don't know if you, but have you been identified or have you been associated with someone? Has that ever happened to you? Anybody? Has it ever happened to you where you've been, you've been associated with someone? I've been watching these uh, criminal investigations and just some people are just guilty by association. And I was one of these people because I had an older brother named Raul who was part of a gang that I will remain nameless. <laughs> and one of the things about being associated with Raul is that if you had to answer this question, hey, are you Raul's brother? Depending on the answer to that question had serious ramifications. And I remember there was this one time that there was this guy, uh, he was across the street and he looks at me and I'm looking at him and I was a good kid growing up and so I'm, I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and he's way bigger than me and, and I was one of those guys that I didn't have my growth spurt till I was about 18. So I was like 5'3 till about 17, okay? So I'm like this tall and this guy's looking at me from across the street and he's like, yo, who you looking at? And I'm like, hmm? What? What'd you say? You know, I, I didn't have my growth spurt till about 17, so. I was like, what you, what you mean? What you mean, man? I just love Jesus. And he's like, yo, and this dude walks across the street and he gets in my face and he's like, yo, you got a problem? And he kind of sounded like DMX. He's like, hey, yo, you got a problem? It's dark and hell is hot. So anyway, he's like, yo, you got a problem? And I'm like, no. And then, I, then it hit me. I was like, hey, you know, you know my brother Raul? He's like, Raul. I was like, yeah, you know my brother Raul? And he was like, Rallo? And I was like, yeah, Rallo? And he's like, 
Yo, that's my man. Yo, that's my. Yo, you Raul's little brother? I'm like, yeah, that's my brother. You know what I'm saying? We got like, we like this. We twins in. And he's like, oh, yo, why didn't you say so? He gives me a hug. He embraces me. I'm part of his family. He invited. No, he didn't do that all that. But he said, yo, you Raul's brother. Why didn't you say so? Why? Because I was identified with being and I was associated with my brother. But there were other times that that question wasn't so good. And I would walk across the street and there was beef taking place and someone ran up to me and they were getting ready to jump me. And they're like, yo, you Raul's brother? I didn't even answer the question. I pushed the kid and I went running. And of course they chased me down and beat the living daylights out of me. They took my sneakers, and my mother came with an aluminum bat. Let go of my son! Let go of my son! Why? Because I was associated with my brother Raul. This is the picture that God wants for every single believer in this place, that we be associated with Christ Jesus that we look at our lives and say, am I demonstrating the goodness of God? And when people look at me, are they looking at an image of Jesus? Because the truth is, you may be the only Bible people ever read. So I don't know about you, but I want to walk in this life saying, I'm going to become more like Jesus. I'm going to be identified with him. I'm going to be with him, alongside of him. I'm going to walk this journey through him. I'm going to be more like Christ. And this is, this is what the Apostle Paul wants to say. He say, listen, you've identified with many things. Let's be honest, human nature is to be identified with so many things. We love labels, don't we? We love labels that define us, don't we? We, we love these labels that define us. We, we love saying things like, we love saying things like, oh, I'm, I'm single. <laughs> Well, I'm married. We love labels, and, and that's okay because these labels are okay. Oh, I'm divorced, and, and I'm, oh, I'm black, oh, I'm white, I'm Hispanic, oh, I'm gay, oh, I'm straight, oh, I'm a Democrat. Here we go. Hey, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Republican. Oh, no, I'm the independent. Oh, I'm nothing. We love these labels. Well, I'm an introvert. No, I'm an extrovert. And we love these labels to end up defining us. But let me tell you, labels were never meant to define you. They may be able to explain you, but if you hinge your identity and your purpose on those labels, you are literally demoting yourself from everything that God has called you to be because you are limiting the scope of what God can do in your life. These things may explain you, but they were never meant to define you. And so there are these other labels that, that are used to divide. Notice human nature. Human nature is using labels to define us. Number one, define us. Number two, we use labels to divide us. This is what we do. And, 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 and I'm, and I'm going to be facetious here, but how many Nick fans do we have in the house? Three. You can see yourself outside. No, I'm just joking. I, I love the Knicks until up until Patrick Ewan left, but pray for me. We got Knicks and we got Nets, and they're both from New York. We have Yankees and we have Mets. 
and they're both from New York, and I'm a New York fan. And I one time told somebody that I was a New York fan, and so I love the Yankees and the Mets. And they were like, you can't do that. No, just, that's just, you just can't do that. Why? Because we love labels to use them to separate us. But God says, I want you to put an umbrella over your life, and it's this one label. You are made in Christ Jesus. This is what I want you to associate yourself with because we like using labels. Look, oh, I'm a Christian. I sat down with a young man one time, and I said, I said, he, he said, what kind of Christian are you? I said, I'm the Christian that follows Jesus. Hey, what kind of Christian are you? I'm a Christian that follows Jesus. Oh, he goes, oh, no, because um, I'm a Calvinist. Okay. So you want to be associated with a theology that's from one individual that followed Jesus. And so now you're identified with John Calvin. Hear me, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but you're associated with John Calvin more you are than Jesus. And this is why we have so many religions under the sun. This is why even within the doctrines of Christianity, there's so many labels that we use to divide us. And the Apostle Paul is, where did we get this from? When Jesus comes back for his church, he's not coming back for a Calvinist church. He's not coming back for a Pentecostal church. He's not coming back for a Methodist church or a Lutheran church. You know who he's coming back for? He's coming back for his bride. That is the bride that is going to marry his son, Jesus Christ. Let's not use these labels that will continue to separate us, and then we have the labels that destroy us. We have labels that, that divide us. We have labels that define us, and we have labels that destroy us. I don't know about you, but maybe you've been given a label growing up. Maybe you, were, maybe you internalized a label within yourself. Maybe you have placed a label within your life and said, I, I'm insecure. And you've placed a label in your life and you said, well, I'm overly sensitive. And maybe someone looked at you and said, man, you'll, you'll never amount to anything. You, you're a pushover. You're a hot-headed. You're not responsible. Oh, you're always going to be this way. Maybe the label they, played on, they put, placed on you was that you're always going to be an addict. Maybe the label that they placed on you is that you're never going to be successful. Maybe the label that they placed on you was something that you took in and you internalized. I mean, I don't know about you, but have you ever felt like you were fighting the current of a label that was placed upon your life? There are labels that were placed upon my life that I feel like sometimes I'm just fighting the current of something that was spoken over my life. And all I want to do in life is try to oppose the very label that was placed on my life. And I'm now dealing with a struggle of a label that I internalized that was never meant to be placed on me in the first place. The Apostle Paul says, Jesus Christ is your only label. We've internalized these labels that end up destroying who we are. Look what Colossians chapter 3 verse 11 says. It says, in this new life, hear me, hear me. It says, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew. We read this and we kind of pass over it and we just say, okay, what's the big deal? These are labels. These are associations. 
that were gathered during that time that people hung their hat on. Oh, this is who I am. I'm a Jew. And those are Gentiles. Oh, we're circumcised and you're uncircumcised. Oh, you're barbaic and we're, we, you're uncivilized. Oh, we're free, but you're a slave. And so these, was, these were labels that were placed to divide people. These are labels that were placed on people to destroy them. These were labels that were placed on people to define them. And look what the apostle wants to communicate to all these groups of people. He is saying, listen, you have a new life. And in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew. It doesn't matter if you're a Gentile. It doesn't matter if you're circumcised or uncircumcised. It doesn't matter if you're barbaic or uncivilized. It doesn't matter if you're a slave or free. What matters? Christ is all that matters and he lives inside of all of us. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, you may have thought you were an introvert and they, that might be something that explains you. And maybe you think, well, I'm not good in public arenas. But let me tell you something. That is not your label. Your label is that you are in Christ Jesus and Jesus Christ is in you. You might be a loud mouth and you have no hair on your tongue and you don't let people speak and you cut them up all the time. But guess what? That is not your label. That may explain you, but that is not your label. Your label is that I've been made in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus dwells in me. Listen, you might be overly sensitive and you cry during commercials, but that is not your label. Your label is that you are in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus is in you. What is the Apostle Paul saying? He's saying, listen, it's time that we tear down the walls that divide us. It's time that we tear up the words that define us. It's time that we destroy what's been destroying us and embrace the label that God has placed over your life and it's not a Christian it's not a Pentecostal it's not a Baptist it's this you are in Christ Jesus is anybody in this place that is willing to say I'm in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus is in me saying it's time to tear down these labels far too often they have defined who I was I walked into a restaurant the other day and I saw a mother look at her son and simply because he didn't open the door the way she wanted to, she looks at him in his face and she says, you're such a moron. I hear sometimes parents speak to their children, you're just like your father in a negative form. We call our kids names and then wonder why they are living out the thing that we have declared over the life. I dare you to give your son and daughter another label. I dare you to say you are in Christ and Christ is in you. I dare you to look at them and say you are a prophet. You are a pastor. You are everything that God has called you to do. Can I tell you something, parents in this place? Could we stop putting labels on our children except this one thing, that they are made in Christ Jesus. Woo! 
I know it's not popular. I know, I know our knee-jerk reaction is something to happen, and we just we want to say what comes out of our mouth. But let, let me tell you something. If what comes out of my mouth is constantly a negative label over my children, then I need a lot of Jesus in my heart so that what begins to proceed out of my mouth is God's word. And I could look at them, and I could say that in Christ Jesus they're blessed. In Christ Jesus they're found. In Christ Jesus they're the head and not the tail. In Christ Jesus they're above and not beneath. In Christ Jesus they are everything that God has called them to be. Hey, you want to know a label? You are found in Christ Jesus. You are found in Christ Jesus. See, because you've been promoted. I don't know about you, but it feels good to be promoted. I worked for a company for three years, and in three years I got promoted three times. It feels good to be promoted. And what Jesus does is that he takes you from where you are and he brings you to where he is. And he's saying, listen, the moment you think you can use a label to elevate yourself above another, it's actually the moment you begin to demote yourself because you're giving yourself, there's, uh, you're giving yourself something less than what I've called you to be. And when you begin to identify with creation more than you do with creator, you're actually demoting yourself from what I've called you to, to accomplish and to be. And this is why I'm promoting you. I'm promoting you. The Bible says that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. He says that's your label. You need to know that you are promoted and there are promises for every promotion in your life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here for a moment. Look what... Look, what, look at these promises. You can look at your, your bulletin right, real quick. Look at these promises that we have in Christ. The promises that we possess in Christ Jesus. You want to know who you are? Start reading the promises that God has for you. You have been promoted. Christ's uncensored house of worship. You have been promoted to a greater purpose. You have been promoted to great value. Yes, in the past, you may have been walking in your old self. You may have been walking in the thing that the world has to offer. But here's a promise that you have in Christ Jesus. It's this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Someone shout, I am a new creation. In Christ Jesus, I am a child of God. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Listen, you may have felt abandoned. You may have felt like you, had, you didn't have a mentor. All my life, I felt like I needed a father. But I found refuge in the fact that I, in Christ Jesus, I am a child of God. I'm not just a peasant. I'm not just someone that is serving in the house. Guess what? I am a child of God. Listen, you may have been walking with a curse all your life. Every place you step in, you feel like you damage. Everything that you go to, you feel like there's this cloud over your life. I want to let you know you've been walking in yourself. But if you learn how to walk in Christ Jesus, you will understand that you are blessed. Praise be to the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in 
Christ Jesus. Someone shout, I am blessed. He says, I am redeemed. For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption, through the redemption, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. But thanks be to God who is in Christ always leads us to triumph. In Christ, I am triumphant. In Christ, I am created to do good works. For we are his worksmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You want, you want to know what God has called you to do? First understand who you have been created in. And God is saying you will do good works. Maybe the works that you're producing in your life fall short of what God has called you to do. But God is saying in Christ Jesus, there's a promise that if you identify with me and I'm identified with you, you're going to be walking in the good works that I've called you to walk in. Guess what? You may have been walking in unrighteousness, but in Christ Jesus, I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, I am reconciled. But now in Christ Jesus, you who all once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. You want to walk in holiness? There's a promise that even before he made the world, what? Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ Jesus. If you're ever going to do what God has called you to do, you got to know where you come from. And your story doesn't start in your mother's belly. Your story starts in the heart of God. And he's saying that even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ Jesus to what? To be holy. In Christ Jesus, I am saved for all eternity. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory that they may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory you don't have to doubt your salvation a day in your life because your salvation is not found in you your salvation is found in Christ your eternal security is not found in you you don't have to walk one day oh my god am I going to hell today and am I going to heaven today no your salvation is not found in yourself your salvation is found in Christ so what label have you placed on yourself to define you what label have you given to others to divide you? What labels have been declared over your life to destroy you? The Apostle Paul says none of that matters. The only thing that matters is are you found in Christ? And is Christ found in you? 
This week in community groups, we're going to be talking about the other four things that help us become more like Jesus. But you cannot endure those four things unless you understand this one truth, that you have been made in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul was someone who, he wasn't someone who was at the bottom or someone who hit rock bottom. He wasn't at the bottom of the toting pole. He wasn't someone who was just looked at as a peasant. He was someone with high regard. And he says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. And I want you to get this. He says, though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own effort, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. I am a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Now watch this. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ Jesus has done. Yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything, counting it all garbage so that I can gain Christ and become one with him. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, these things were once valuable to me. These things were once important to me. Look at the thing that you consider the most important. I don't know about you, but I'd appreciate $5 million right now. I would appreciate $5 million. How many would appreciate $5 million? How many would appreciate $10 million? Right? How many would agree that $10 million is valuable? We would agree that $10 million is valuable. But you know how you ten, take $10 million and make it worth pennies? By comparing it to something that is of greater value. If right now my son, if my son was kidnapped and they said, listen, you got to pay me $10 million. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a tough one. $10 million. Those $10 million would become garbage to me. Why? Because of the value that I hold for my son. It's not that $10 million become literally, they're devalued literally. No, they're just compared to something more significant. And what the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, I used to value what it meant to be a Pharisee. Everything a Jew wanted to become was a Pharisee and absorb the law in every single way and go without fault. He says, but I realized this one thing, none of that matters. None of that is valuable to me anymore. Here's what matters. Christ and then I become one with him Christ and then I become one with him 
What labels have we placed on ourselves? What labels have we said? This is who I am. This is who I'm always going to be. I'm a loud mouth. I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Oh, I'm, a, I'm from a religious group. And you're from another religious group. Oh, I've been called so many names growing up. Oh, they, they always said I was stupid. They always said I didn't really, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. God is saying that's not your label. You got this one label. Are you identified with me? And am I identified with you? Let this world see us and begin to say, that person looks like Jesus. Can we bow our heads for a moment? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.